Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rockstar 101. His name is Brandon, he's the DJ. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. Class is in session. Did I say that last episode? It felt like I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I said class dismissed. I stop you. If you don't do it, I stop you. Okay. You'll curse checking. the episode. Anyway, if you don't so say. class is in session. Um, social media stuff. You know where to find us. I'm at the real brand Delorean. You can find me on almost any social media platform. Uh, uh, Shim, the big one for him. Follow him over on Twitch. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash. Hollywood Rebellion. You can write music and stuff with him. I was going to ask you a question. I see that you've been tagging uh, Mike Shinoda in some of your stuff. And that's because he has said, uh, first of all, you've had raids from Mike Shinoda on your Twitch channel. So people don't know what a raid is. It's essentially, if I'm broadcasting on Twitch and I'm about ready to wrap up and Shim is on, I can send all of my audience over to Shim which wouldn't make any sense because I think we have the same exact audience. It's the same people. Not yeah. Um, so uh, that's so Mike Shinoda. He has been broadcasting and then he has raided Shim's channel. And then he also came out and he was saying that he was going to produce some songs live on his Twitch channel. So why don't you give us a little bit of info on what you're doing? Well, he just, well, I've been doing lockdowns for anyone that doesn't know. I've been doing lockdown sessions since the beginning of last year, basically, which is where once a week we get together right now. It's on Thursday nights on Twitch, um, the Hollywood Rebellion. You come on, we write a song together about whatever is going on that week, that month or whatever people want to write a song about. And I've been doing that. He he has been producing, Shinoda has been producing his music live on stream all of last year. And people have been asking him in his Twitch chat most of the time, hey, you should do collaborations. We want to see you do some collaborations. So I think he's done something. But at the start of this year, I found out through my fans and my mods on Twitch, he's basically put out the call for people to send him tracks to produce. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's, you know, that's perfect. It's like a Twitch, it's like a Twitch song. You're basically producing up a song on Twitch and it's not for a record label or to be made a single or the, any of the traditional stuff. It's exactly in keeping with what we do on the Hollywood Rebellion, which is to try to do things outside the system and just make content and music and stuff that we get off on. So we went through all the lockdown songs and I got the audience to vote on which song they wanted to send him to make, mm-hmm. you know, a collaboration between all everything my chat his chat sort of a and r's and helps to vote and pick on which song he's going to produce and my chat had been voting on what the song was about and then voted on which song to send him so we put it up a couple days ago and that's it you know he'll pick or his chat picks which song uh he they want him to do or they suggest it and then he picks it whatever it is um and then yeah you put it up there and then maybe he picks it and wants to produce it and then it's like a a full twitch collaboration so it's heaps of fun well, and i think the the one thing too is I, I believe that he did come out and say that he is not he's not going to supply his voice for the tracks like he won't be sing. he's going to produce no. the song but he's not going to be adding any vocals or anything like that so because nah. that was something that we had talked about on the morning show uh um when the news was had first broke about this, and I was wondering if you were going oh, to do that. Oh, it made it on the, right after it that. It made it on the news. The it made it on the morning show news that Shinoda was doing this. Yeah, wow, it's rock cool. news, man. It's a rock story. Fair enough. Cool. You know, we we do the we do the rock and roll stuff. Yeah. You know? No, no, I just didn't know it was. I I remember thinking when he announced that there's going to be like he's going to get inundated from all over the world with submissions oh, God, from yeah. people. Like he's going to get tens of thousands of submissions from all these people and. That was what I told the Twitch chat, and they were like, do it anyway. I'm like, yeah, it's our song. Go for it. Yeah, so Hopefully he knows that um, he should do it. I think it'd be a great one for him. Ah, it'd be fun. But yeah, no, I think if you, if anyone's, 
if anyone's sending Shinoda a song to be like, yo, you're going to rap on it, right? Like, no. That's like... Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that was one, there was a stipulation that he he let people know, like, hey, we're not... You know, I, this... Don't expect this. Like, I'm not going to, you know, write yeah. lyrics and put my voice on no. this thing. I'm going to help you produce it and do, and do yeah. this sort of a thing. Makes, which is going to lead... Uh, what's up? It makes perfect sense for him because he's... When you're doing the... T- I mean, I know what, what it's like when you're doing the Twitch thing and you're doing the same... If you, you can't do the same thing over and over again. That's why people that play video games, it works really well because the game is constantly changing, evolving. You get, you're getting to new levels and stuff like that. If you're just doing the same thing and the camera's in the same spot all the time after a while, it works in certain ways. But when, when you're being creative... It probably is like after a year of sort of just making beats and I make songs and stuff. That's why I started collaborating with my chat because you just want to, you want to try and f- find new ways to discover things. And so it makes sense for him to p- take a song because it's going to be a different type of song. One day it's a rock song, one day it's a ballad, one day it's a fucking house song or whatever, something bent and weird and cool. The first song that he did was interesting. I, I checked it out because he raided my channel right after he started the first day. Mm-hmm. So they picked the song and he started working on the song and then like two hours later he finishes his show and he raids my stream and I was listening to it because I was up and about to get ready to stream and it sounds like Linkin Park. It is a Linkin Park sounding song. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that they picked that sort of thing. So it'll be really interesting to see what they're going to be picking next now that they've kind of gotten the whole, hey, we're doing a Linkin Park sounding thing for the first song. I wonder, I'm curious to how bent he's going to go. Like if he's going to go and do some Nine Inch Nails prodigy sounding shit, or if he's going to go ethereal kind of cool or if he whatever. Did. Yeah, I think I think he'd need to stretch it out. You can't just do Linkin Park songs for a year. Like you got to do a couple because that's what you're known for. But then like it'll be really mm-hmm. interesting to see him stretch it out and figure out what's going on. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, so that's actually going to lead into um, the next topic. Uh, Pretty well, although I'm going to plug the beard struggle here really quick, because if you've noticed, there's something that people are doing. I haven't decided if I was going to do this or not yet, and it might be too late, but they're doing the yeared challenge. Uh-huh. So essentially, it's you can either trim your beard, shave your beard, however you want to do it, and then you just you don't shave your beard all year. And then they do a big vote, and whoever wins, you get like $10,000. But you also have thousands of guys across the globe um, entering this contest. But it's the beard struggle. It's where I get all my products. You know, the nice, nice the beard looking pretty good today, I think. Looks okay. So if you want to check it out, uh, it's the beard struggle. Use promo code Brandalorian at checkout, and you'll get a nice big fat discount when you order your stuff because you're they got the oils. They've got uh, combs, heated brushes, um, uh, shampoo, conditioner, you name it. Just go to the beard struggle and use promo code Brandalorian at checkout. Uh, but the next topic here is somebody posted this on Reddit. And it was, a, it was just a, a simple question under the music production subreddit. And the person says, am I the only weirdo that actually likes my own music? So that's the headline. Right. And then in the actual post, it says, I've seen various posts over the past few weeks with people saying they hate the music they are creating or they feel it is really bad. I love the music I make. Granted, I've only done two tracks, but am I completely bonkers? Am I the only one that enjoys listening to their own tracks? So Shim being the man that you are producing the amount of music that you do. Um, do you like your own music? Do you hate your own music? music? Is it, is it, I love my significantly songs. different for you. I love my music. I love it all the time. Every song I've ever written. Yeah. I don't listen to it like all the time, but I'll go through 
maybe twice a year, I'll have a binge. I'll go back and listen to my stuff and go like, fuck yeah, I forgot about that. That was good. Or, or, oh, I hear what I was trying. Usually, I think, listen, okay. I listen to my music because I really like it. I have all, I'm different. I've always liked my music. Even at the beginning when I was 14 years old, years old, and I would make little four track demos. I would listen to them over and over again after I had just finished the song for a day. And then it would be like, cool, next one. I want to get that feeling again. And that's what mm-hmm. would drive me to write millions of songs. And those demos are horrible. Like if you listen back to them, you go, oh, it sounds so bad. I, st- I wouldn't really enjoy listening to those right now, but I always enjoy listening to what I've just done. Um, I always have. And I don't think it's because I hear it and go, oh, it's an amazing song. Usually I'll listen to it and go, it's an accomplishment. It's the same as if you build anything, build a house, mm-hmm. you paint a picture, you, you, you know, it, like, I know that it's kind of like, it's not the same thing, but something that most people can relate to. I know I learned a, a lesson that I learned that was really interesting that I remember just uh, last week. I might've been like, I was under 10 years old and I was over at my house and my godfather was visiting and I was like, and I learned a valuable lesson because I, they were talking some shit that adults talk and I was in my room and I came out and I was waiting for them to do something that I could be involved in, but they were having coffee and talking about politics or some shit. And mm. I was like, hey, when are you guys done? And I was bothering them. And he was like, can you, can you wait? Like the adults are talking, go and play. And I'm like, I'm bored. And my godfather turned around and gave me this look and he was like, you're bored? And I said, yeah, let's do something. And he was like, let's find something for you to do. And he takes me in the bathroom and he goes, clean the toilet. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not cleaning the toilet. He said, you're cleaning the toilet, you're bored? He said, no, I'm not bored anymore. He said, too late. And so keep you occupied. Yeah, he yeah, said- you're not he said, suddenly gonna stop being bored, man. Yeah, he said like, I don't, I don't know how to clean. He said, you've seen your dad, you've seen me clean the toilet, right? You know, you know how to, you, he said, you pick that up, you put it in there, you brush, 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 and you keep going until it's clean. And I was like, and I fucking hate it. I was like, this is bullshit. So I, and then he left and he said, you shout out when you're done. And I came back in and uh, I, I, I finished it. He came back in and I was like, there, it's done. Okay, so do we get to play now? And he said, wait a second. And he said, take a look, take a look at it. And I'm like, what? And he said, don't you feel just a little like proud of an accomplishment or you achieved, like you did something, like something of value is done now. It's better than it was five minutes ago. And I'm like, and I, because I'm a resentful little kid, I'm like, no, I don't feel shit. <laughs> but in my chest, I remember <laughs> thinking, me but I was like, yeah, I do feel it. And he's like, and he said, like, if you, he said, if you would clean the whole bathroom, I can, I can give you, a re- I'll give you some type of reward. And I said, what? Like money? He said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's a little bottle cap on a string, something that represents your achievement. Do something to get mm-hmm. to achieve something instead of wasting your fucking time. And I always remembered that thing, even though it was just kind of a fucking toilet. But the lesson, because I remember thinking this does feel good. This feeling of accomplishment does feel good as like a seven-year-old kid or whatever, even though it's just cleaning a toilet. But I know that everyone else, in terms of relating what I was trying to talk about to everyone else, it is a natural common occurrence. If you if you look at your bathroom and it's fucking needs a clean, and they say like sometimes you get into a frenzy when you're cleaning, and then you fucking you clean the bathroom top to bottom and you walk back into it a minute later and you go, ah, that feeling. And it's just a fucking- It feels good. It feels good. Like I did something. It's the same as if you work all day on a song. My wife did that today. I came home and the whole goddamn house was completely fucking gutted. She (laughs) went full-blown cyclone clean mode today. Yeah. 
It's it's interesting. When it was great. The house is the house is clean, man. Yeah. It yeah, was and, awesome. they, and it's funny because you can relax after you've cleaned the house. You can go, ah, it's clean, at least for now, till they yeah, fuck it, feels it up good. again. It's like, it's so, like you can you'd sit, it's in the back of your brain, like, yeah. I did something. Yeah, and it is the same thing. If I, I, I would always, my, my thing that I would do, I would start a song during the day, I'd work all day, 10 hours, 12 hours, and then I'd finish, I'd have dinner, and I'd watch TV. And back when you used to have to sit through the commercial breaks, uh, during the commercial breaks were like three and a half to four and a half minutes long, just enough time for me to go back and push play and listen to my song. And I would go and I'd listen to it and I'd either go, fuck yeah, or I'd go, oh, okay, I've got to fix this and this and this tomorrow. But it would mm-hmm. be, I would get this sense of satisfaction, of accomplishment, of having achieved something. And that has never gone away. Today, mm-hmm. tomorrow, when I work on something, I'll go have lunch, I'll come back and I'll enjoy listening to it. And it's the same as building a table or painting a picture. You have to paint it a little bit and then you take a step back and you look at it as a whole thing and you go, oh, I can't do that there because it'll take away from this. And so you, you, you listen to it, you reference your work. But I've always loved my music. And I think if you don't love, if you don't love your music, it means if you, that thing of like, oh, I hate my music, that means you hate yourself. That's what it really mm-hmm. means. It's like, if you can't, it's one thing if you make your song and you play it for a third party and you're sitting there while someone's listening to it and you're going, oh God, I hate this now. Someone else is there. That's kind of the same, but different. But if you're just mm-hmm. listening to it by yourself and you can't enjoy it, then you're not supposed to be doing it. <laughs> Well, some of the other things that people had said here, um, the responses on the subreddit, one person responded with, I get sick of a track for a while during the mixing phase. Just tired of hearing the same bit over and over when it's a song I loved playing for months before and dialed it in. Mm. But after it's all done and mastered, it's very exciting to listen to it again. Yeah, that's fair. It is interesting when you do finally finish and master a song, like you work on it and then you have to mix it and it's you're going over it and like, oh, turn the guitar up, turn the guitar down, turn it back up halfway. And then you master it and you listen to it and you go, yes, everything is as I wanted it to be. Then you don't listen to it again. After that point, I don't listen to it. I'm like, good, it's done. I don't need to, I don't sit there and jerk off over like listening to it 10 times in a row like, oh, it's perfect. It's exactly how I wanted it. <laughs> I'll listen and go, perfect. It's exactly how I wanted it. Listen to it once or twice, go great. And then next because that accomplishment is now accomplished. You don't sit there in the bathroom for an hour after you cleaned it going, wow. You, you, you hang out for a minute and you go, fuck yeah, all right, cool. Yep, feels good, cool. What's next? That's normal. Well, I some of the things that I'll do with a piece of production, and obviously the kind of production I'm doing is vastly different than music production because it's, it's done a lot faster with a lot less... Um, uh, like focus on things. I mean, like truly like we need to get things done very quickly where with, you know, when you're producing music, it's a lot more in depth, but yeah, like there's times where I, if I produce something that I really like, I'll listen to it over and over, you know, probably a dozen times and then I'll go do stuff. And then I'm like, Oh, like I want to go hear that thing. I want to go hear that again because I really like that because what that does for me is that it grains in my brain because there's times when I start to doubt myself. I start to doubt whether or not I can do it. Right. Um, because there's just, you have a creative block for whatever reason. Yeah, you just, yeah. for some reason, you can't write, you can't produce, whatever it is that's going on. And so what that does for me is by just kind of replaying this one thing that I really, really like over and over and over again in my head is it builds that confidence back up. Like, yeah, you dummy, you can do it. Like just, you know, you have to have that confidence. Like I remember um, when I first got into radio, Video mini discs were the big thing. Yeah, yeah. Remember mini discs? Oh yeah. 
Oh God. So um, it was re- required that you bought mini discs, but you didn't necessarily have to buy a mini disc player. Yeah. I did. Right. Um, just like a little portable one. It, I, I still have it laying around here somewhere. It's got all of my school stuff on it. And I would just, I would sit at home um, when, when I had some time to myself, I would put on some headphones and I would just sit and listen to all of the stuff that was on there. And it would, and it would start from like one of my very first projects. I remember one of my original projects, I think it was Tools Stinkfest and it was done on reel to reel, but we saved it on the mini disc. Right. It was essentially, you're, you're trying to find the beat on the reel-to-reel so you can splice it. Yeah, yeah. It's the one reel-to-reel project I did in all of my yeah. schooling. Yeah. And so all you're trying to do is you're trying to find that one beat, splice it, and then you find the next beat, and then you splice it, and then you just you, you loop it. Right. All you're trying to do is loop it. So I did that, and that was the one reel-to-reel thing that I did. Um, but I would sit and listen to that stuff over and over and over again because at that time, the reason I was listening to it over and over and over again was because I was still learning. Right. Um, I would hear things that I didn't like. I would listen to other people's projects. I would listen to, um, you know, demo tapes that they had samples of at the, at the school that I went to. And I would try to, to, to take in as much as possible because I felt if I overloaded myself with this information, there's no way I'm, it's, I'm going to forget it. Like it's right. going to be there when I'm working on a project, that ability is going to be there and it stuck and it worked. Yeah. That's how it, that's, that's, that's one of the main things that I decided to do when I was, I started learning on a 16 track. When I started learning how to produce music, I started on a four track. I had the option to buy Pro Tools and I, and a computer and a 16 track digital recorder was the same price, give or take. And I chose the 16 track because I knew it would make me a better musician and a better player and a better producer because you couldn't cheat. And Mm -hmm. you listen, and one of the things that I'm thinking of doing actually, sidebar, is putting together a lot of people are asking for like a lot of, a lot of my demos and stuff for anyone that's listening they're available on the Patreon so mm-hmm. once a month i put up a demo with a commentary on the demo uh, of of like stuff i recorded when i was 14 16 18 whatever and i want to pick like 12 of the rel- like the the best sounding songs that are still enjoyable to listen to that are mm-hmm. never going to see the light of day and put them on a vinyl or put them on a CD or something and sell them and give them to the fans mm-hmm. that are asking for them and print like 500 copies and just be like look it's a limited run and that's it and uh and I think it'll be fun to do that sort of thing you call them mixtapes or whatever but I've got so much fucking music so much music so in terms of like showing the progression of my production, that was the whole idea with Patreon. It kind of goes in a chronological order on the Patreon where I started. I haven't released on the Patreon the first song I ever wrote. I'm saving that for like a special occasion or something. But I have the demo of the very first song I ever wrote and the very first demo that I ever did. And it isn't that bad. It isn't that bad. I went and I tracked, for anyone who understands production, I had a four track. I went and got a mixer at a rehearsal room and mic'd up the drum kit and then stereo bounced it down to the four track and then bounced those onto a mono so that I had space for vocals and drums and everything. And it's it's terrible, but it's really like, it sounds like a four track recording of some guy. And as a 14 year old, you hear it and you go... For 14 on a four track is not that bad. I was all about it, dude. I was gung ho. I was fucking really mm. gung ho. So you learn it. Yeah, that's what makes it. That's what makes you better. When you go back and listen to your your previous stuff, do you ever? Does it ever inspire? Has that ever inspired a new song? 
where you're like, oh, I kind of yeah. understand what I was doing here. Yeah. Maybe if I tackled this a different way, and then that that actually completely yeah. uh, leads to a, a different song. There are moments of inspiration in some of my old songs that I started to listen to again last year when I was putting together the Patreon, where I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. God, that that's so bent. Like that is such a weird idea and such a strange chord progression or a weird show. And I'm like, I would never think to go there now. I would never think to go there. I, I think of like writing songs that have pop hooks and get to the chorus quickly and not the same thing. So I started to think about like, can I bring them back? Not really, but I could do some self-indulgent concept album using some of those ideas, which is what I'll probably That'd do later cool, on. That'd be cool, man. Yeah, where, like, it. Just do it. I have, like, I have like these two songs that are like six, seven minute opuses that I actually sat, I actually remember with my little four, I mean, it was a 16 track recorder. It's just silly because I don't have any of the files now because they were on a track record of the bounce, but I don't have the separate files on Pro Tools because I didn't record it into Pro Tools. But I spent a month and a half or something writing this opus and it'll go on the Patreon eventually. And it, it has a chorus that repeats once, but the rest of it, everything is different all the time. The verses, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it, but it does take you on a journey. And the recording of it is really thin. And like, it's just me trying all the, it sounds like, like a like kid in a laboratory, just experimenting with chemicals and colors. And like, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? <laughs> and it the, the sound of the exploration, I think, I was lucky that I had the ability to do that. I worked I worked a job and came home and I didn't go out and party much and I didn't do I didn't really have like a, a mad circle of friends that took me away from my work. I really was like work, go home and work again, you know, and and, and get into this. So mm-hmm. I would spend I spent like three years after a school finished, I spent three years at home just working as much as I needed to survive and then making music so that we had everything for the band to to go over to the states and do what we did but the exploration of it like six weeks writing a, a an opus on a fucking piano on a shitty little acoustic guitar that i put into an electric guitar plug-in oh it sounds so bad when you hear it it's so bad but it's so good we're gonna have to hear that though yeah by the way i know my dad's listening to this podcast and i guarantee that the whole chemistry reference brings back just horrible memories for him did i ever tell you the story about when i turned my parents sink blue Tell me now. The whole fucking thing blue. And like and it and it, it stained. Like it did not go away. How did you did you I don't turn know what blue? I, I had a chemistry set. Did okay. and Huh? What'd you do? I don't I don't remember. That's the thing. Like if you at least if you follow the steps and you know what you do, you could hopefully counteract that later. Right. There was something with me and the color blue because two things happened when I was a kid. And I guarantee you, like my dad's my dad's he's probably probably laughing about it now but i know he was super pissed at the time and i don't blame him at all in any way shape or form for being pissed right i was maybe nine or ten might have been eight i don't know i had a chemistry set so i'm fucking around with the chemistry set in my bathroom downstairs and something spilled and it was blue and it stained the whole thing it was there for like 20 years i kid you not like it was like it was it was stained blue for like 20 flipping years you must have got your ass yeah. whooped for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but so well, so that was an accident. The the second blue story was me being an idiot. Right. So we had a basketball hoop in um, our driveway, and I wanted a three point line, 
So I just took a bottle of spray paint and spray painted a blue three-point line in our driveway, right. thinking like, oh, this will eventually go away. That shit was there for 10 years, man. <laughs> like, seriously, until my parents redid the entire driveway, yeah. it was blue. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I think I was, I was in high school. Yeah, and I was yeah. thinking like, yeah, like it's, you know, it's, it's spray paint. It's not that big a deal. I'll just, I'll do this line and we get to Oregon. We'll get rain and it'll, it'll wash it away. You didn't think you're using nope. chalk. Didn't think to use chalk. That shit was blue. Huh? You didn't think you're using chalk. I didn't think it had any. <laughs> but you had spray paint. Dude, you yeah, know what we need to do? Paint. I just realized we need to make a segment. We've got five minutes left. We need to make a segment for later of crazy shit we did when we were kids. Like the rebellious years. Oh, God. The shit that you, like, I used to, I, when I think back at some of the stuff, because I, I had the opportunity to run wild a lot more than I did. Because I lived with mm -hmm. my dad and he, was, he would work most of the time. I'd just come and go as I please. Like as long as I was mm -hmm. home for dinner and, but I could go and do whatever I want. I could, I, and I did. And so, but I could have gotten into so much more trouble, but like, yeah, I think about some of the stuff. When I think about some of the stuff I uh, used to do, I was dangerous. You? No, I was, no, no, I, I didn't do anything illegal. I did one thing that was fully illegal, but it was pretty highbrow illegal. Uh, but, um, but what, yeah, like, Go, you got, I want to do one now to wrap up the episode. You tell me one, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. You got, you got anything from when you were a kid? I mean, pay, doing the sink blue isn't really like. I mean, I just told you how I turned my parents sink blue, and then that's I spray that painted bad. blue all over that's the driveway. That's not that bad, though, is it? Is that really that bad? Well, I mean, for me, when I was a kid, I don't think it was because I was necessarily mischievous. Because I was always terrified. I was terrified of getting in trouble. Right. Um, I would get in trouble because I was. Um, energetic and may have had, you know, the, the precursor to ADHD or something, because I was constantly bouncing off the walls. Mm. Um, but I never, I mean, I, I would have friends that would go do things that, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing or they were getting into some trouble. Like here's the, here's the ultimate story. This is, this is how much, this is what I was like when I was a kid. Again, this is pre 18 years old after 18. It was a completely different story. Um, but I was walking around the neighborhood with one of my friends and this is back when you could do that when you were eight, nine, 10, 11 years yeah. old, we had a nice neighborhood. There was a bunch of kids and we're walking around and there was this big field behind these, this set of houses. And I guess some kids had built like a tree fort over there or something, but it was private property and you weren't supposed to be there. Right. And he kept trying to get me to go. And I'm like, I don't want to go. Cause I'm like the whole time I'm there, I'm going to be a nervous wreck because I'm going to be afraid somebody's going to come catch us. Like it just doesn't, that's not enjoyable to me. Right. And of course I couldn't eloquently state that when I was nine years old, I just told him I don't want to do it. Um, and he was like, Oh, come on, man. He's like, everybody does it. And I totally at like nine years old. used to like, well, if everybody else jumped off a bridge, would you jump right, off right, a bridge right. at nine flipping years old? I fired that off. And that's essentially kind of how I was. Right. I mean, I, I like, I was the kid that, I just, I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, and then it wasn't until later when my, my rebellious side really started to uh, blossom, I guess. Is yeah, blossom right is a good word it? for it, yeah. By the way, then, to our listeners, here I, I am aware that there is huh? a crackle. I'm just talking to the listeners. I'm aware that there's a crackle in the feed. Um, we're just going to have to tolerate it for the time being because we're finishing in a couple of minutes. But I apologize for that crackling that seems to be coming through. Um, uh, but yeah, so in that case, what are you doing? You're looking like an alien? Oh, we got to talk about the That's alien stuff too. Head. We're going to talk aliens on, an, on a future podcast. So I used to like oh, to, I, I used to set fire and to ghosts. things. Oh, we've already done ghosts though. You, we've done ghosts. Did you ever set fire yeah. to shit? 
Yeah. Yeah, I used to set fire to things. But I took it a little bit further, and I don't think my dad ever found... <laughs> I don't think my dad ever found out I know about my it. Parents fa- I know my parents found out. Where are we at here? We're almost done? Yeah. We're, we got we got a couple minutes. So get get through get through your story and then I'll. Well, do no, all, all the, the thing I don't remember. I, luckily, I never burned down anything of value. I used to set fires mm-hmm. in like um, I just in in pockets of the neighborhood where people just didn't really go, like the pocket of the park where the, mm-hmm. you'd go, you know. But I would um I I I found the anarchist's handbook. Did you ever read that? You ever seen it? You ever heard no, of it? No, but I've heard about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so sounds I, like you're the last person that should have a copy of it. Yeah, that. I got a copy of the Anarchist Handbook and I found out that you can... <laughs> the, <laughs> you make napalm? Yeah, that you can make napalm with turpentine and uh, and styrofoam. So I we had this um we had this old at the back of our uh, apartment building. We had we lived in a six apartment block. Uh, and out the back they had these old laundry old laundry uh, building thing. It's like, it's just a fucking, uh, brick shed basically that has a large sink and a, and a, a, a hookup, but they were abandoned. Like no one ever used them. They all had, um, they all had laundry machines in their apartments by this point. So it was just a fucking great place to store shit or hide shit. And so I, uh, but you, if you, I couldn't put a lock on the door because if you put a lock on the door, it was like a big red flag. Something's in here. So I started, I basically, instead of making a little, I bought or I found, I, I, I didn't, or the only thing that I bought was the turpentine, but I went to these construction sites around the neighborhood and I would break into the, <laughs> I would break into the construction oh, sites, uh, early morning before school, I'd wake up early and I'd go and I'd break into these, uh, construction sites and I would pull out buckets and lots, as much styrofoam as I could carry. And then I'd wrap the styrofoam in like, you know, plastic from the side or whatever and carry back like heaps of it. If you saw me, in a, in a, I, I don't know if I wore my. Like you know, this kid's up to no. He's good. he's either up to no good or he's being he's working for his dad on a construction site before he starts school. So I started wearing my school yeah. uniform, thinking, oh yeah, if I wear my school uniform, it'll look more legit, like he's helping before school instead of he's stealing stuff in his in his raggedy like you know after school clothes. Not thinking this is a red flag. If you're looking for this kid, he goes to that school. <laughs> So I would take it back and then I would just Jeez. fill up the buckets with turpentine. And for anyone that doesn't know, you don't need a lot of turpentine, right? This is, I am not endorsing this activity. I'm simply telling you what I did. But you just put like that much turpentine in a bucket that's quite high and then you feed a lot of styrofoam in. And you, if you put styrofoam into turpentine, it dissolves it immediately. But then after a while, it turns into this gel that becomes like like a putty or goop. And then you you mm. put the so I would basically the reason that I started using the thing out the back of the house is because once it got gelatinous it would take a lot longer to eat the styrofoam and then become more and more gelatinous. So I would put the um, styrofoam in and I would prop it like with a couple of twigs or things so that it would be upright and then it would just slowly during the course of the day go down and be fed into the... So I worked on this shit for months. So this thing's going months. on while you're in, cl- in school? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd go to school knowing that I was basically oh, building... Uh, what do you call it? Not bombs, bomb. but like... Not a bomb. It's more of a... It's the napalm that would exist in a napalm bomb if you were to build a bomb. All I, and the funny thing is, I never really bomb. used it. I never really used it. All I would do is I would take it and... Um, <laughs> And I would put it on things around the neighborhood and I would set it on fire to watch it burn. 
I would set it on fire. Oh my god! So that I could watch it burn, and then I would just sit there and watch it burn and be like, oh, and, and see how long it would take to burn, and see what color it would turn, and see if it would turn the thing on. And I, the first thing that I did was bricks because I remember thinking it won't set fire to the bricks because they're bricks. But it burned for ages, and then I came back the next day, and it was like a marble. It was rock hard. So then I put it on a fence, and I set fire to the fence, and I put it on a tree, thinking it's wood. So it, but it's not like you can't burn a tree when it's alive. And the, and then it started to set fire to the tree. So I had to put that out. And I remember that I put it on the tree and I realized that I'd made a mistake. I'm like, this is a bad idea. This could set fire to the tree. So I went and I was like, I don't, how do I get it out? And so stupidly I went and I tried to scoop it up. Like if you were trying to scoop up, uh, uh, like Play-Doh from your like, carpet, like- like if you yeah, were trying to like scoop it up from running underneath. over a cuff or something like it's so to, now I've scooped it up and it's on my hand and I and I go oh it's on my hand I've got to get it off and I took my I remember vividly I took my second finger and I started to do this to be like maybe I can like flick it off and now it's on my second finger and I just I the thought in my mind immediately when I got on my second finger and I'm like it's getting worse I went how did you get here <laughs> <laughs> the steps that you had to go through to get yourself into this problem. Well, I guess I got to go to finger number three. Yeah. And I just remember thinking <laughs> I, I could be in real trouble. There's no one around. I'm going to set fire to my hand and it's going to stay on fire. So I just was like, I remember thinking, and it's burning and it takes a long time to burn down. So I'm there and I'm holding it like some sort of bizarre magic trick, like, and next. But instead I was like, how do I not set myself on fire? What the fuck am I going to do? So I, I luckily I turned around and I saw the grass and I just went to the corner of the grass that was over there in a section where no one's really going to see it. And I just turned it upside down and I flipped it and I just did the whole smear it. I smeared it into the grass. So the fiery bit stayed on the grass, but at least it was off my, and then I just, I ran my fingers through the grass and the dirt and then my whole hand and I was like, Get and then I, and then I remember I was like, oh, this is stupid. This is a stupid thing to do. This is what stupid people do. And then you hear afterwards, some kid Aha. set himself on fire. Oh, that's a stupid kid. I'm a stupid kid. I should stop now. And then I just had barrels of napalm in the back of my house for years because I didn't know how to dispose of it. I didn't know what to nice. do with it. If anyone had come over and seen it, it was it was hidden underneath the 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 sink in a little uh, cabinet. You probably you'd probably be on like a watch list yeah. like you you would be on a no fly yeah list. i i didn't know what to do with this stuff i was scared to like dump it anywhere like I, I, my first thought was go back and dump it at a construction site but i'm like one false move and you've set fire to a whole construction site and so i just left it in there and i sweated for ages worried that like someone's gonna find it something's gonna happen or that it's gonna suddenly set fire to the back of my house and i'm gonna have to explain why and it's just gonna yeah just go up and flame i don't remember how i actually disposed of it i think we Damn, moved out. i think we moved out and i just left it there and then i was like cool <laughs> it's probably still there it probably is, because we didn't pay rent on the laundry. We paid rent on the apartment. It could have been any of those six people living in that building. Oh, Jesus. You know, so... Good Lord. Well, I don't have any stories as, as exciting as that, but there were a couple of times where... Um, we had a, Actually, I have one of these lighters right Hold here. Hold on a second. Right I think what we should do... I think what we should do, we should pin this to be the beginning story of next week, because we're over time, and it's also... It's not you're, that exciting. It you're clip, you're clipping out a lot at the moment. For some reason oh, on my end, you're clipping out. So I think we wrap it up and we get back to that story on the next episode of Rockstar 101. Did we do the socials? We did the socials at the start, um, so we're good. 
But thank you very much. At this point, people know where to find us. If to, you don't, go check us on another. To all of our amazing supporters, as always, thank you so much. Um, and we're going to be getting, maybe we'll do a little bit more. We're going to be doing uh, throw-off stories. And what's the other thing? The, 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 that, that. Porn and puke. Porn and puke. We'll, we'll get back into some nasty shit on the next episode. But until then, as always, thank you for watching. His name is Brandon. He is the DJ. His name is Jim. He's the rock star. Class dismissed. Oh.